people really find stories interesting. Stories that they hear, or even telling a tale of their own. We love stories. And many of the best stories, whether those stories have been told orally, in written works and literature, in our songs, in music, we like to talk about travel and the adventures associated with travel. I'm Coach Streb, and on this episode of the Old Man's Podcast, we have a guest, and he is a fabulous storyteller. We are going to hear tales of adventure and travel. So wake me up when it's all over. Welcome, welcome to the Old Man's Podcast. We have a guest interview for this episode of the podcast. Tom Gozy, an old friend, a former coach, not as old as me, but he's been around a while, and a history teacher. And as such, he has a lot of interest and does a lot of interesting travel. He loves to go around and see different things. He's lived in Hawaii for a while, he spent time in Portugal, and recently he spent almost four months on the U.S. East Coast, and he's got some great stories to tell us about that. So that's our guest for today. The episode will be dedicated to his storytelling. We all will find it so interesting, the different things that he's seen along the way. For those of you who have the exclusive content subscription service, I dropped the final episode on the joy of homebrewing, homebrewing part three. The brew is bottled and I'm enjoying it. I hope that you are vicariously. I like to keep the podcast episode length to about 30 minutes. Tom and I were talking for darn near 30 minutes, so I'm going to cut this introduction off and again, really encourage you to stay with me the whole time through this entire interview towards the end. We get some great information out about how to keep track in Tom Gozy's adventures. It's a question in my mind, where in the world is Tom Gozy? Yeah, so I've been I've been really grateful for the uh, emails that you send out regularly. It's pretty much every week, and all the exciting, great pictures that you're taking. You got so much, um, really, a lot of talent there, Tom. I didn't know you had that in you. Well, it, it just shows how good they make cameras these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to come back and talk about your website in a second, but let's just sure. jump into it because here's where I'm super curious. Where in the world is Tom Gozy? Well, you know, right now he's in a very non-glamorous place. He's in uh, scenic, well, that's a stretch, St. Charles, Missouri. Visiting <laughs> so you're home. Yeah, just got back from... Uh, a long trip about three months to Maine and uh, I really haven't been around here since Thanksgiving I left uh, I spent uh, December in Myrtle Beach and in January I went to a small town in the very southern edge of the Outer Banks North Carolina it's a town called Beaufort um, now like in South Carolina there's a town of the same spelling and they pronounce it 
Beaufort. But in North Carolina, as I was told, it's Beaufort. And uh, really a cool town, Rocky. I mean, uh, Blackbeard the pirate uh, lived there. His house is still there. And, of course, when when he built it, um, it was front row to the ocean. But, as you know, people love to be coastal. So now there's a whole block of houses between his and the water. And his uh, famous ship, the, the Queen, I think it's the Queen Anne's Revenge, is sunk um, probably a mile off the coast. And there's there's been people trying to go out there and uh, salvage and reclaim and so forth. But some locals told me that there's not much left that can be reclaimed. And it's also every time they kind of uncover it and mess around with it. You know, a couple of days later, it's covered back up again in soot and silt and all that. So uh, it's a neat place. There's two islands just off the shore. I mean, you can literally, some people could swim to one of them. And uh, there's wild horses that live on those islands. Oh, my God. That's, that's, what, that's what brought me there, was trying to photograph them. And I didn't really get anything I was happy with, but it, I loved uh, the hunt, so to speak. So, yeah, it's been a nice five months. That is a that is the cool story. You know, I don't just make podcasts. I listen to them, too. And there's a History Channel podcast that I just love. And within, I'd say, six weeks ago, maybe even less than that, they did a, a story about Blackbeard and exactly what you're talking about. People are still looking for his treasure yeah. that they think is out there. That's an interesting story because the, the dude was sanctioned by the British Empire for a while and then he became an outcast and it's an interesting story. It is, Rock. And I tell you, you know, the pirates, I mean, they're ultimately they're bad guys, you know. They're bad guys, mm -hmm. but it they're interesting beyond belief. Um, you know, I mean every pirate ship was ten minutes from a mutiny, <laughs> like their <laughs> in entire existence. And uh one of the things I loved about history was like uh you know, in the very beginning of Western exploration, when when Europe's hitting the high seas and Spain's plundering the New World, taking all the gold and so forth, they had a king named King Philip, and he was married to a British princess. So his wife's British, very common in Europe back then. And she died. She died unexpectedly, and she died young. So King Philip asked his dead wife's sister to marry him. And that's Queen Elizabeth I. And Queen Elizabeth did not take kindly to that. So she literally enlisted a famous pirate, Sir Francis, Sir Francis Drake, I'm sorry. And she made a deal with him. And she said, look, I want as much Spanish gold as you can find. You go get it. Split it with me, the country, 50-50. And I will never arrest you. I'll tell the world I'm doing everything I can. But we're going to split this gold and we're going to terrorize the Spanish <laughs> because their king's a dirtbag. And and so they did. And of course, back then, how long did it take for the, the Spanish king to send a letter to the Queen of England? Oh, months, you know. So he would send her a letter that he's outraged. His galleons are all being raided by pirates and she would send one back. I'm outraged. We'll get to the bottom of this. And of course, all of it was wink, wink. And she was, <laughs> she was plundering his gold. So uh, anytime I can read up on a pirate, um, especially a famous one like either of those guys, I'm all over it. You know, they sound like the modern day um, 
like the Wagner group, the, yes, the mercenaries, mercenaries yeah. works in the, it sounds like that. Yeah, very much so. All right. So what took you up to that was in South Carolina, which is I love South Carolina. Very, very interesting. Um, we did a motorcycle trip from St. Louis to Charleston through um, through the Appalachians to the Smoky Mountains. Oh, yeah. North Carolina is the same way. Great motorcycle riding. North Carolina might be the best state to ride. Uh, if you're into motorcycles or not, but just looking at going through state parks, you know, just a road trip, I would never fly. I think it'd be a mistake to fly in a rally or something like that, that you're missing so much. If you don't make it a road trip, you were, you were on a road trip, weren't you? Oh yeah. I drove. Yeah. Totally agree. Rocky. Totally agree. Uh, anytime you can drive through mountains, you should. And, uh, and those mountains aren't, what you see in Colorado or Montana, but they're still great. And uh, yeah, definitely wise, wise move on your part driving. What did you see along the way that stuck out at you? Did you run into anything interesting and unexpected? Well, on the way there, I stopped uh, one night in Gatlinburg because I hadn't been to Smoky Mountain National Park. And you know, what's amazing to me, um, <clears throat> you know, we, in our country is so huge and there's so many great national parks. But the one that gets the most people every year is Smoky Mountain. And I was surprised when I read that, not because it's a, a bad park, but it, there's more famous parks. And I think part of the reason it's so well attended is population density within a day's drive relative to like Glacier National and the northern tip of Montana or Acadia in Maine, there's just not many people. It's a long, it's a long trip to get there. Mm -hmm. But so I stopped and went into Smoky Mountain for sunset and the next day's sunrise, um, just for photography and was really impressed. And it was also December. So they had Gatlinburg was all decked out for the Christmas holidays and they did a very good job of that. So, uh, yeah, I loved it, loved it. And I didn't, uh, spend any more time there than that. Uh, although I'll have to go on another trip because uh, I was eager to get to the coast, but very cool park. And I highly recommend people to, as you said, make the drive as opposed to getting there, you know, by flight. Totally agree. Um, you were there during ski season and it's, it's when you read the literature from the tourism, Tennessee tourism, they talk a lot about the ability to, to snow ski. And I think people always go right mentally go to Colorado or yep. Utah or someplace where they're thinking of snow skiing, but uh, they're in the Rocky mountains. That's legit snow skiing, isn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah. And I, Rocky, I always thought of it the same way. I, when I first heard, and it's a long time ago, but when I first heard people ski in Tennessee or, or North Carolina, I was like, what, you know, and they do in Maine too, in Vermont. So yeah, it doesn't, it, it doesn't take a massive mountain peak to be good skiing. And uh, I only tried skiing once, enjoyed it, loved it. It just didn't, you know, necessarily go well. Uh, as you know, I think I've had a whole bunch of knee surgeries. So yeah. I've picked battles my whole adult life as to what's really worth it. Um, but I did it once to say, so I would know what it's like. Uh, but I think the people that ski in any of those areas, I mean, it's, it's an addictive type thing. So, okay, it's a 5,000 foot mountain as compared to a 15,000 foot, but still phenomenal, still a great time. 
I've got on my list of things to do. I, I didn't get it this last winter, but I really want to get it this coming winter because it's an easy trip from St. Louis to Gatlinburg, oh, yeah. where there are a number of uh, ski ski resorts. There's, there's some lots of them to choose from. That's a you could do it in a day if you wanted to make that drive. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's you know it's it's a drive, but you can certainly do it in a day. Leave early mm-hmm. and get there late afternoon, and you can get on the slopes for a few hours for sure. Okay, so you pass through there and you hit, I assume, South Carolina first? Uh, I think I went through a sliver of North Carolina and then into South Carolina and drove the width, you know, the west to east width of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't been to that state um, prior. So I was very intrigued. Now, I, you know, when you're just on the road and you're driving, you notice whatever happens to be alongside the road south carolina is known as the palmetto state a tree and uh and they're unique they're cool but i'll tell you like when i got closer to the coast one thing and this is like something about south carolina that no one talks about because it's not that big a deal but i love acreage i love trees and just all of that that aesthetic the look and they have uh pine trees there that the bottom, I don't know, maybe the bottom half, and they're really tall, has no limbs at all. So when you drive by these, like a forest of these, you can see through it because there's no there's no limbs blocking your your sight lines down low. And it's really, really cool looking. And when I got to the coast, I stayed in North Myrtle Beach. They're there too. So, I mean, I was like, I, I on that trip, I never gave thought to I was wondering if I could buy 10 or 20 acres here. But when I got there, I was like, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> As you know, the thing with South Carolina, though, is when you buy land in South Carolina, you're buying rattlesnakes and potentially gators. So there's just that to keep in mind. But um, very cool place. I went to a, a state of North Myrtle, like I said, and, and they're about 40 minutes away. There's an island. Um man the name of it. it it's rocky it's one of those islands that you wouldn't even know you're on an island because the causeway is like 30 feet you know okay but it's um it's very cool there's a lot of homes on there but the very western i think end of the island there's no homes at all and it's just raw beach and there was always guys out there doing deep sea fishing from the shore and birds and stuff and I one day as I was driving out, there were some guys fishing from alongside that road. And this is December. And I asked one of the guys, I was just chatting with him. I said, I guess gators this time of year aren't aren't very active. I don't know that gators hibernate. And he said, Yeah, he goes, they kind of just get down in the mud and ride out the cold temps. And uh, he said, So if you were to get in, you're probably not gonna have a problem with them right now. He goes, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that in March. And I said, Hey, don't worry. I'm not getting in anyway, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, people that live in that, like probably from North Carolina on down to Florida, everybody yeah. of water has to be considered dangerous. Yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in that. <laughs> <coughs> oh, me either, man. So from Myrtle beach, you go North into North Carolina and you said you were at the outer banks for a while. 
Yeah, a little town called Beaufort, and that's where Blackbeard's house was. Right. Um, Beaufort is, I mean, I don't know, maybe 10,000 people, if that. And it's right next door to Moorhead City, which is also the same size. And they're, they're virtually indistinguishable between one another, except there's a causeway connecting them. But it was neat. You know, it was a time of year. I was there in January and it's, it's way out of their tourist season. So I was staying at a condo on the beach on what's called Atlantic Beach, which is an island. And um, there were times, Rocky, for sunrise or sunset that I would be the only person on the beach. Oh, that's, yeah. That's not terribly unusual at sunrise, but. Yeah, you know, there just wasn't many people there. That that stretch of that beach is all tourist housing, right? So, you know, that it's just their off season. And I, I love that personally because there's nobody to crop out of photos and dodge and so forth. But it was January and it's not that far south. So there were some very brisk <laughs> there were some very brisk mornings out there trying to get photos. But I love quiet. You know, I um uh, I've been to Chicago a million times, New York City. They're cool. I can spend a weekend there. But the older I get, the more I want just to be kind of like Tom Hanks in the movie Castaway. Take, give me a volleyball to talk to. I'm good. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, perfect time of year to be there. You know, you had some excellent photography or some excellent photographs. The one that's sticking out of my mind, you must have been holding the camera right down by the sand, like a ground level and the water's coming in and it hits a rock and it like makes yeah. a pattern. Yeah. That was an amazing shot. I appreciate that. You know, those are probably from Kauai when I was there. Um, okay. I think that was um, summer of 20. I was there for a little over a year. Had never been to that Island before. And I just had the idea one day, I was like, you know, there's a million beach photos out there. They're ubiquitous. They're everywhere. And they're all mostly the same. So what can I do differently? And I had that idea. And the thing people, a lot of people don't realize is that nearly every camera they have, including their phone, has a mode called burst mode. And it's designed for action photos. Like if you're watching your, your son or daughter play, you know, third grade soccer and you have burst mode enabled on your phone, well, you can get, let's say they're approaching the ball, they kick, they follow through. Burst mode allows you to take a photo every tenth of a second. So 10 photos a second. So you don't have to time it perfectly. You just start taking photos and, and you take burst photos for 10 seconds. You take 100 photos and you're going to catch some cool stuff. And the vast majority of those Worth, were, were worthless for one reason or another. But if you do it often enough, you get some really, really unique photos. And if the light's right, you can actually freeze that splash without a blur. And as you've seen in a couple of those photos, like the detail's incredible. Just the bubbles in the foam and the designs and stuff. So once I learned how to do that, I got addicted to it. And I was out there literally every sunrise trying to get the best photo I could get. And a year ago, I went, this was uh, about six months after leaving Kauai, I went to the Algarve region of Portugal, which is the, their southern coast. It, it would look like the Mediterranean Sea, but it's still the Atlantic. 
And my plan was to try and do that again. Now, the thing is, in Hawaii, on that island, on that coast, you had you had so much driftwood and you had just coconuts laying everywhere. And you need something for the surf to hit and splash against, right? I figured, well, Portugal, I'll go to the store and buy a coconut and I'll see what I can do, right? Little did I know that Portugal doesn't have full-size coconuts. <laughs> they had these things that were about the size, somewhat, not even softball size, Rocky. They were you know, maybe a little bigger than a baseball. And so I just said, okay, time for you to broaden your horizons with beach photography and find another way, you know. Um, and the same thing happened when I was in on the trip we're talking about to the Carolinas. I think because of the time of year, the coconuts were just not very big and there was no driftwood. So I was taking shots of piers, through the pier, under the pier, sideways with the pier, tire tracks on the beach, whatever you can find that gives you a focal point in the foreground and a cool background and you just do the best you can. Well, you do, you do just amazing work. Let's, let's talk about that. Cause I know mo not all, but some of these listeners don't have uh, any idea what we're talking about. When I talk about your website, tell us a little bit about that and what you're doing and how sure. can they see some of your work? Yeah. I appreciate it, Rocky. Um, Tom Gozy photography.com. And Gozi is spelled like goose with one O. And Rocky, you know, remember the scene in the original Top Gun? Fairly early in the movie where they're leaving the classroom and Goose looks at a plaque on the wall and points at it and goes, hey, they, he said, hey, they misspelled my name. There's two O's. I was the guy in the movie theater putting that together. I'm like, hey, that's my name. <laughs> that's my <laughs> name on the plaque. Um, TomGozyPhotography.com. And... Uh, it's on a platform called Art Storefront. So when you go to the website, it's a pretty impressive platform. And it's not impressive because anything I did, it's the platform itself. But um, there's all kinds of, in, in my store, there's all kinds of collections. There's a Kauai collection, a main collection, Portugal collection, etc. And, you know, when you go to the main collection, they're, they're, they're different, but they're all kind of, they follow a theme. There's lighthouses and so forth. The Kauai collection has the, the frozen splashes and so forth. The Carolina collection has a lot of the piers. So that's kind of it. And in addition to all the different sizes of photography available, I think 90% of those photos also have like mugs you can buy uh, tote bags with the same photo on it it's a much cheaper option <clears throat> so yeah it's, it's it's cool and you know i don't uh a lot of people are are in a, in a place where they're going to go to target and buy whatever they're going to put on their wall and i don't blame anybody for doing that i mean money is is precious right spend it where you want to spend it but if you're looking for unique art or photography, that's a good way to do it. Especially if you have a history in a place like Kauai or even just Hawaii, you can buy a, a photograph from me or anybody that really makes you go back to that favorite place. So yeah, if you want to check that out, that'd be great. And I also have Tom Gozi photography on on Etsy, I just started that, so it's uh, it doesn't have as many photos on it, 
but it's another way of doing it. And I'll give you a little, a, a little hint. <clears throat> the photos on Etsy are cheaper. <laughs> so if you find one on my website, you want to look at, you may as well go look at it on Etsy and you get a better price. That's a good tip. Thanks. Um, how about your mailing emailing list? I'm on your email list. So I, I, I really look forward to that. I weekly. It, yeah. Every yeah. Monday I put out an email and I always try to, it includes usually four photos, but the part I like the best is there's usually a cool anecdote about positivity or some historical note about World War II and the randomness of life and stuff like that. On my website, timegoesyphotography.com, when you go there, it will immediately open up a, a window where you can sign up for the email list. So if that's what people want to do, I'd love to have them. Uh, just go to timegoesyphotography.com and enter that. Uh, all you're doing is entering your first name and your email. You're only going to get one a week from me, so I won't be uh, stuffing your your inbox with stuff you don't want, but it'd be a great way to keep in touch. Yeah. I like your stories, like the human connection that you have with yeah. just random people that you run into at a coffee shop or wherever. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting stories. Well, I appreciate that, man. I, you know, I, I'm biased to history. So anytime I run across an anecdote from world war two, for example, I'm always going to throw it in there. I don't want to leave out the portion where you went to Maine. Can you tell me real quick about the trip to Maine? Yeah, Maine's amazing. And in Rock, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you there's good and there's and there's surprising. And the surprising is not necessarily a good type. I feel for the people in this situation. <clears throat> Before I went to Maine, I had this image of New England, quaint, lovely, you know, nature, blah, 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 his history everywhere. All of that is true. What I didn't know about Maine is that the state's very impoverished. So when you're on the coast and a kind of a, a basic template of, of Maine, the city of Portland is their biggest city. It, it's not the capital, but it's the biggest, coolest city. And it's in uh, southern Maine, not far from Boston, about two hours from Boston. And then if you head north from Portland, there's a long stretch of road. You'll be on it for about two and a half hours. And that's called the mid coast. Maine's mid coast is amazing. Rocky. It is so cool. And a lot of that, that drive, you're just on this highway, which is usually two lanes. It's a coastal highway, but that doesn't mean you can see the coast all the time. But when it, when it delivers you to a, a town like Rockland or Camden, I mean, they're amazing. And you've got a town called Brunswick, which is much closer to Portland. So you basically just keep running through these really small towns and they have amazing main streets. Camden is one of the coolest small towns in the country, not just in Maine. When you look at lists of best small towns <clears throat> in the U.S., Camden's always in the list. It's a really now it's a very blue blood, very high dollar area. But, man, it is really, really cool. So I would tell anybody that can get to Maine and drive the mid-coast from Portland and just take your time, eventually work your way up, and you're going to turn and head east briefly and go to Acadia National Park, which is just unbelievable. But if you go there in the fall when, the, when everybody wants to be there, I mean, you're going to be – you're going to have a hard time even finding a place to park, honestly. 
Um, but it's well worth the try. And um, if you go away from the coast in Maine, like the western part of Maine is much like the Smoky Mountains. Uh, it's, it's, it's very scenic in that way, but still very impoverished. So you don't really have quaint towns. You don't really have a lot to do out there. There's a town called Rangeley, which is kind of a big tourist area. More in the winter, people go snowmobiling in Rangeley and all the winter sports there. But the vast majority of everything great about Maine is along that coast. And if you can travel it, you should. There's only so much a person can do in their life. And I'm in my mid-60s, so I got more behind me than in front of me. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to do it all. I feel like I'm living vicariously through you. <laughs> You're, you're trying, you know, I may never get to go to Maine um, and, and take that trip that you had, but I felt like I was there. I, I, I felt the experience is uh, just kind of following, following your newsletter. So uh, I frequently find myself every Monday wondering where in the world is Tom Gozy now? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's I look great forward to it. Place. And I agree. I'm just like you. You know, I, I won't see everything I want to see, but I'm going to give it my best shot. There and, you go. Uh, and you've done things I'll never do. So kudos to you for that. I appreciate that. The question, where in the world is Tom Gozzi, is a fun answer. So if we can do this again down the road sometime, I'd love to do that. I'd love it too, Rock. You're always uh, high on my list of people to talk to for a lot of reasons. And since you're the host, you rarely get the props. So, you know, I'm just going to tell the people listening that you have had one hell of a career. I appreciate it. Uh, as an educator, coach, I mean, Rocky's wrestling team still holds the record for the best state performance by a team. And it I don't think it'll ever be surpassed because the sports kind of slipped a bit in, in the state. So, yeah. Well, I appreciate that, Tom. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. And look forward to, ch to chatting again and uh, enjoy the trip you're on. And uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks, Tom. Keep those emails coming. I'm, I'm just can't wait to find out where in the world Tom Gozi is next. I appreciate it, bud. Thank you. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I can't believe I made it this long, but I have got to go now. I sure enjoyed hearing from Tom, and we'll have him back again sometime to tell some more stories of new adventures. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well, and you'll visit his website. He has some great artwork. If you're looking for gifts for friends or family or something that you want to decorate your own home with, I'm telling you, very professional. It's an inexpensive place to get some high-quality artwork off of his website. Please pass my podcast on to your friends, to families, to everybody you know. Follow me on Facebook. Find the Old Man's Podcast page. Like it. Let's hear from you. Make some comments. That would be great. You can also keep track of the Old Man's Podcast on PodPage. I have a website. Look it up on PodPage. And you can sign up for email list and just keep track of things that are going on. I would appreciate everybody passing the podcast on. That's the main thing. I'm still trying to get 100 subscribers for Spotify. They call them followers. If you're using Spotify, please take a moment. and It just takes a moment. It doesn't take very long at all. And press the button for following. If you're 
not listening to this podcast, and a lot of people don't. In fact, most people don't listen to it on Spotify. But you do have a Spotify account because that's where you have your music. Next time you're on there looking for something to listen to, just look up the Old Man's Podcast. Follow the podcast there on your Spotify playlist for podcast. You never have to listen to it. You can keep listening to it on Apple or whatever it is that you're using. But you'll be a registered follower and I'll be one click closer to my goal of 100 followers. Please be nice and safe and come back next week. In the meantime, make sure you travel and live boldly.